0: Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. So let's talk about this. Turn to, turn to the Gospel of Mark and then, uh, and then also Matthew 28. Mark 16 and Matthew 28. And I just want to read these two together. And then I want to just talk to you a little bit. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Who is he saying this to? He is saying this to the ecclesia, right? So he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. We can say amen. Amen. Uh, They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. They will get well. Now, turn over to Matthew 28 and let's take a look at these couple verses here. 19 and 20. If you're there, say amen. Get your digital phones. You don't hear a lot of pages turning these days. They're all digital stuff. So you just see people doing this. You know? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Before we even begin to address the Great Commission, we have to look back at what Jesus purchased when he went to the cross. Why is this significant? Because if we don't know exactly what Jesus did in terms of what he purchased for us on the cross, like let's just say the impact of the cross, if we don't clearly understand that, then we're going to be timid in our our stepping into the fullness of the Great Commission. In other words, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what Jesus is saying and We're going to say to, some of us might say to ourselves, I know what it says, but I don't believe I can step into it. Or I know what it's commanded of me to do, but I don't know if I have the authority to do it. I know what Jesus says, but I don't know if I can get the same results. So it's important for us to understand really just a quick flyby of what Jesus provided for us when he went to the cross and when he ascended, so Matthew. Let's start with Matthew chapter four, and let's look at verse seventeen. It goes from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we have to get the picture first of all that Jesus is a king. In Isaiah, why can't I remember the chapter? In Isaiah, the early chapters. I think it's nine six, not six, nine. I think it's nine six. Isaiah six is, yeah, OK, the Lord vision. All right. 9:6 says again that Jesus came with a prophesy, that Jesus came with a government on his shoulder. right? So we have to understand, first of all, that Jesus did not introduce a new religion. Religion is man's search for God. Jesus did not introduce a new religion. Jesus actually brought a government. It's called the kingdom of God. Yeah, good. So it was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and whatever around there, and it was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. He says, from that time, now Jesus is now entering into his public ministry, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, Now that means change the way you think, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So you have to understand, Jesus is a 30-year-old man, and the Lord is preparing him for 30 years. He's incognito for 30 years. As a carpenter, he's working, he's making money, he's actually calculating a business plan. I mean, think about Jesus' early days, you know, and... At 30, he actually comes on the scene and the, his first words were, repent. Now, today, people in the church don't want to use the word repent, but, in, but that was actually the, one of the first words Jesus uses that at least recorded in Scripture. He says, repent, which actually means change the way you think, because I didn't bring a religion. I brought a government. And it's called the kingdom of God. So Jesus brings the kingdom and then he legislates it by using his ecclesia and he authorizes the ecclesia to legislate his kingdom. So we see in Matthew chapter four, the kingdom of God is coming. What does it look like? I want to go into this series right now, but I'm not going to do that. Great. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I just right there. I spent 30 seconds, 10 seconds talking to myself. All right. So Jesus, he, he begin, we begin to see the kingdom of God becoming visible by what actually the fruit of what happens in Jesus' ministry, yeah. right? Signs, wonders, miracles, demons being cast out, people's, you know, people who have infirmities being instantly healed. His, he, he, he shares just a few sentences. He speaks with a, such authority that the religious community and the people there are shocked by this carpenter who was actually born and raised in Bethlehem or in uh, Nazareth. And here he is. He's releasing all this because he's, bring, he's now revealing the kingdom. He's, actually, he's act, actually operating from another government. It's called heaven. Heaven. He, he then brings his disciples in, up to Math, in Matthew 16, and he says, look, I'm going to... Remember the gates of Hades? He goes ahead. He shares with him that they are the ecclesia of God. He says, and those gates that are standing in front of us, those gates need to come down. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go to the cross, but by the time I'm, I go to the cross and the resurrection, I'm actually going to go into those, that very cave... Called the Gates of Hades, that that cave that looks like a big mouth, and I'm going to go in to the darkest regions, and I'm going to take all. I'm going to take the authority that the enemy has, and I'm going to take the keys, which is a sign of authority. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to come back from the dead, and I'm actually going to give you the very keys that I took. In other words, at least those keys are available. So I have these keys. Let's just get use our minds just for a moment here, our imagination, and think of all these keys that are in heaven. Yeah. He's ha- he has all of them to unlock any situation you might be facing, Amen. right? So I want to—I really want to emphasize this morning that Jesus did not start a new religion. Right. 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 He actually brought a kingdom. He brought a government, so we have to not. We have to shift our thinking from being religious to actually being governmental, Amen. and that's a big shift. Because right today we're all like, "What church do you go to?" I go to this church. I go to that church. You know, we, where's your new? Where's this church? Everything. It's it's really confusing. But now you stand up and you are representing a government. Listen, as an ambassador. Oh, I want to start that series right now. I'm containing myself. So, the death and the resurrection of Jesus gave Jesus all authority on earth as a king to purchase back, redeem all that is lost. So let's take a look at Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save, let's say that together, that which was lost. Does not say those who were lost. The Son of Man... Being Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now I don't know. I, I don't want to throw fancy words at you, but this is the. This comes out of the Greek interlinear translation. Okay, this is taking the Greek word and break that sentence down and breaking it down to kind of like to what it really would read. Now we, we, tr- we when we trans when they translate they try to make it. Uh, Easy for us to understand, so this might not this might not flow real well. But I want to. I'm using this just to emphasize a point this morning, this afternoon, whatever. The interlinear says, "Come indeed, the Son of Man, to seek and to save that having been lost." Again, it's not who has been lost. It's that having been lost. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. If you want to turn there, you want to find it on your phone, that's fine. Let me just read it to you. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Let me read it to you out of the Passion Translation, which you guys know is growing on me. Same verse, Colossians chapter 1, 19 and 20 verses, for God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Isn't that amazing? All his fullness dwelling in Jesus. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is restored or brought back to himself. Back to its original intent. That's what restored means. You know, there are people who like to restore cars. Why they re- what does that mean? They restore it back to its original look. So they want everything to be original. There's no like, you, you know, you're gonna have AM/FM radio in there. You got to, to turn a dial. How old the car is, right? So you're not gonna you're gonna have little push buttons. You know, it's gonna have a needle that goes like this. I remember because I'm, yeah. So, I just remember, you know. So so when people when you ever drive down the road, you see those restored vehicles. The, great, the greater the restoration in terms of its back to its, the, the higher the value. See, when Jesus restored you, he's bringing you back to the original intent. So when you receive him, I'm not going to go into this series right now. I'm telling myself right now. So he's, he's restored you. He's brought you, the cross actually brings you back to how you were designed. And when he brings you back to how you were designed, the value goes way up. But he he has restored all things. What does that mean? It means the education system. That means the governmental system. Systems, spheres of influence, all things. Turn to Colossians chapter 2, just flip over a page and, or whatever. So we know that Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, that which was lost, sorry, and we know that he wants to reconcile all things. Listen. Listen. That is part of his commission. That is part of what the ecclesia gets to do. The ecclesia doesn't have to do it. They get to do it. Yeah, Just turn to your neighbor and say, we get to do this. So that was a quick snapshot. The other part of this that we need to focus on is We have to know what the cross did to the devil and his, I'm not going to call them his angels, his demons. Because as amazing as what the Lord has did for you and for me in terms of restoration, he actually, he totally annihilated the enemy. But if we don't understand how much he annihilated the enemy... And how much He has restored us, will look at the Great Commission with little faith. So let's take a look at this, and I'm going to read. I, I just, I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. So it's longer, and you guys are going to be used to. Uh, I was, uh, I am an NIV guy, 1984, not the current one. But let me just read it to you because this is so good. And anytime you hear something, you have every right just to say, Amen, when you hear it, all right? When something, when something comes up, when I read something and it hits you, you can just get fired up. Right. Permission granted. All right? This is an ecclesia meeting. Come on. Got to get it. A... <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15, Passion Translation. This, quote, realm of death, describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we have been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. For we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. Can someone just be glad that the blood covers all? And through the divine authority of his cross, I love that phrase, he canceled every legal violation we had on our record, and the old arrest warrant That stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, and our shameful failure to keep his laws. He deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. Do you know how much freedom is in that? There are some people in this room who don't believe that. And you'll never break free of your shame and you'll never break free of that guilt that's trapped you until you actually come into agreement with his word. If we don't come into agreement with what Jesus did on the cross, we live in a place of unbelief and we're trapped by our own guilt. It's like the jail cell being opened and you staying in prison. When the jail cell is open and they have declared, you are free to go. And if you stay inside that cell, then you're going to limit your freedom and your liberty. We have to believe the word. Amen. Say, I choose to believe the word. Your debts are paid for. It's gone. Your sin has been under, is under the blood. You stand redeemed. You stand restored. You stand as a son and daughter of the living God. I got to keep reading this. I don't even know what verse I'm in. I think 14. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Cancellation of what? Your sin. That means that you are no longer a sinner. You are a saint. Sinner is old news. The sinful nature taken care of. Do we sin? Unfortunately, yes. It's called sanctification. So we're declared righteous before God. But we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's why repentance is a good word. That means that the Holy Spirit is active in you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. That's a good thing. If you're doing stuff and there's, no, there's nothing on the inside, that's, you need to really worry. Because your heart could be seared. Your conscience could be calloused. Verse 15, then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority. Why is that so significant? Because in order to have power, you must have authority. In other words, authority gives you the right to exercise power. So, the policeman has been given authority so he can exercise power. Right? The parent has been given authority so they can exercise power. I'm not talking about power like... This, it's the the right to actually move in the authority that he has given you. Jesus moved in signs and wonders because he had been given authority and he exercised power. This verse says that Jesus went and he took all the spiritual authority that the enemy had gained through our sin and he... Through the cross and through his resurrection has taken all of that spiritual authority, all of it. Everyone say all. All. He's taken it all, and he gives it to the Ecclesia in Matthew 16. That means that you're in a good place. But if we're ignorant of our authority, we won't move in power. If we're so consumed about the things in our life, we'll ignore reaching out to others. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen, PG. Oh my God. <laughs> that <was> good. <laughs> That's good. Why I said that. I'm not even done yet with that verse. So I'll start from verse 15 and move through this fact quickly. Then Jesus made a public, public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. Wow. Scripture says he's the accuser of the brethren. Jesus silenced his accusation. Why? Because there's no longer any legal right to us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around, them being the principalities and powers, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. I like what Bill said a couple years ago. I wish I would have said it. (laughs) But you know, Bill said the opposite of God is not the devil, there is no opposite. The opposite of the devil is Michael. Right? There's nobody that is God's opposite. That's why they say, Holy, holy, holy. He's completely other than. And He lives in you. Come on, Lord, give us revelation of the fullness of Jesus in the believer. It's absolutely important to realize the full scope of what Jesus recovered on the cross. Unless we are convinced that the same blood that paid for our salvation has also made provision for nations, To be saved, we will not walk in the authority required for total victory. We will settle for the, quote, church as a POW camp instead of taking the war to the enemy. What does that mean? At some point, we have to get, and I felt like the Lord just spoke to me this morning, Don't treat the people that are part of this this body, I don't know why I said assembly, body as POWs. They're ministers of the gospel. They carry the blood of Jesus. It's been applied to their life. They're filled with God's power and God's authority. Call them up. (laughs) Listen, calling them up is not hyping them up. It's bringing them back to who they really are, to who we really are. If we sit in our chairs and we we basically hold the white flag and we're hoping Jesus comes tomorrow because we can't take it, we'll never reach nations. If we don't understand our authority, we think darkness is greater than light. We won't say it because it's not theologically right, but our actions prove it. Right? We're supposed to reach our neighborhood. We're supposed to reach our jobs. That, I, don't, how, I don't see how that's going to happen. That's unbelief. I'm not saying that we don't struggle with the tension, but we have to understand the word. Can we say amen? When Jesus said, it is finished, it is Is finished. How do you think Jesus said it? You think Jesus said it with a little smile? Now we always think he's in agony, right? And the cross was agonizing. But I think that there was something here because it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I think he said, It's finished. I don't think he would want like that. (laughs) It's finished, man. So I, I lost my place. So who should be discipled? It says, therefore, go make nations. Now, the inner linear, again, is going to help us today. I just used it twice. It it reads like this. Having gone, therefore, disciple all the nations. So the word doesn't mean when it says, therefore, go, it doesn't mean leave the United States of America. Now, it could mean that. For for those of you who want to, like, if the Lord's calling you to Taiwan or, you know, some other nation in the world, man, I, I love that. But the word actually the word actually means having gone on the road. So therefore going. Therefore, as you go, disciple nations. It doesn't say disciple people in nations, disciple nations. So the focus is nations. Well, of course, people are part of it. I'm just saying I want to tie something together a little bit, and that is Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost and go and disciple nations. So while we're struggling with the... While a large part of the church is struggling with the gospel of salvation, not in terms of theologically struggling with it, actually doing it, because only 10% of those who believe in Jesus actually lead someone to Jesus. We're not winning the war. If only 10% of believers actually lead someone to Jesus, that means that 10% are doing all the work. Now, I understand we sow, and we plant, and that's awesome, but we're missing part of our inheritance if we don't have a chance to lead someone to Christ. And I can't tell you, I said it before, I'll say it again, I can't tell you the joy it is when you bring from someone from darkness to light. Amen. Amen. And I'm believing that every, that means that 10% of this room has led someone to Jesus. Amen. I want 100% yes. of those in, our, in this space yes. to have led someone to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we say amen? amen. Uh, I don't have the gift. You, that, doesn't, that doesn't say you have to have a gift. You know what? The Lord is in you and he's working with you and the Holy Spirit's on you and the Holy Spirit's directing your path and you're going to have divine appointments and you're going to, they're going to come up to you and they're going to, you never know, you might have someone come up to you at Costco and tap you on the shoulder and says, I think I need to get saved. <laughs> Which actually presents us with another problem. How do we lead people to Jesus? Which is what I taught on a couple weeks ago. Anyway, so the word there, we're going to get there. Oh, I know what I want to say. So, we have to move from the gospel of salvation to the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation is leading people to Jesus. The gospel of the kingdom is leading nations to Jesus. The gospel of the kingdom is seeking to save that which is lost. The gospel of salvation is seeking those who are lost. The ecclesia is not necessarily called to the gospel of salvation. They're called to the gospel of the kingdom. Do you understand that, that church is, focuses on how many do you have in church today? That's the measure of success. Attendance. The gospel of the kingdom is measured by influence. Mm -hmm. Who is being, where are seeds being planted? Is the ecclesia planting seeds. If we can just get the ecclesia planting seeds all through the week, we begin to influence cities. If you're talking about 200 people in one room, Think of what 120 did with a Ecclesia identity. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Right now, we have cities, we have churches that are mega churches, little influence in the city. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind being a mega church either. But God, I'd rather have 120 who are burning, who are running with a governmental identity, and who are actually influencing an entire city. You know, anyway... So this affirms the identity, the ecclesia identity, or the mandate. Every believer is a minister. Every believer is a minister. Now, that's a hard one for some, and for some it's not. For some, they're like, it's about time you validated me as a minister. That's the shocker to me, because we just had passion talks, and the first thing they tell me to do is, can you go up, Pastor Greg, and validate everybody yeah. from a pastoral office? Which is shocking to me. they have always been ministers in my book. You don't need a validation from the church. Why are you feeling this way? Because we don't feel validated. Like real ministry happens up here. That's not true. So that snuck in somewhere. I could probably identify where it snuck in somewhere and it needs to be like spanked out. It does. Just, everyone just do this. Just spank it out. The Great Commission didn't come to, the Great Commission wasn't addressed to the fivefold. It was addressed to the Ecclesia. So the Great Commission activation is the result of an Ecclesia lifestyle. So, where the lifestyle, I'll just say it this way where the Ecclesia lifestyle is being expressed, the Great Commission is being fulfilled. Listen, all nations are here at our doorstep. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask if, I don't know how I even do it. Like, we have so many different types of people here. We have so many different, like, countries represented here. And Wendy and I absolutely love it. Like, we tell people all the time, oh, my goodness, I don't, I don't ever want to go up there. I don't want to go to the big, you know, like, I love, the, I love the scenery. Like, right here, like, how I'm seeing you. I got... I got white. I got, you know, all the, every color you can imagine, nationality. I have people I can't even pronounce their names when they introduce themselves to me. You know, I'm da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, and I just, honestly, people, I say, I'm going to have a real hard time with that one, you know? Can you give me an abbreviation? You know, something, but I love it, right? I'm from this country. I'm from that country. I'm from this, you know, and I just, listen, all nations. Now, look around the room, you guys, bless somebody. Just say, yeah, so glad you're here. So go means having gone down the road. I talked about that more specifically, going as you go. That's what what it means. As you go, disciple nations. Isn't that interesting? Well, we need to have a big program. No, as you go. Well, what does that mean? That means when you're in a restaurant, share Christ. As you're doing life. Jesus couldn't make it any, we complicate it. Jesus makes it real simple. So how did Jesus minister? He ministered as he did life. Yeah. He goes to a town, boom. Like he's just ministering as he's doing life. Yeah. Hey, let's eat. Oh, we got 5,000 people here. Well, let's give them something to eat. Anyway. So as we do life, the Great Commission activation real I said that, huh? So how do we disciple the nations as the Ecclesia? Well, I like Luke chapter 10. Can I just end there? I'm going to end there anyway. All right. <laughs> turn to your, Take your Bibles, and I'll, be, I'll go really fast over this because this is kind of... I, I don't know how to go backwards on this. I've got to figure it out. Some of you keynote people can help me. but well, Luke chapter 10, are you guys there? After the Lord... Chapter 1, and then five, and nine, 5 through 9. Just say amen real loud, like, eh. yeah, I'm there. Okay. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where they're about to go. You know why? I told you I wasn't going to go into this message, right? Because before, before a king enters a town, there's a herald. And the herald announces a king. That's why John the Baptist rose up. He was a herald. Anyway. So, verse 5, and when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house, and as someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. So you don't lose your peace, right? Stay there, eating and and drinking whatever they give you. I've been there before. <laughs> for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Now I have to give credit here to um, Ed Silvoso, our, our new, new, wonderful, amazing friend. And he, I think this is very simple, and I've actually tried this over the last three months. And I've shared this here behind this pulpit. And I just would encourage you, now that you see it, to just exercise this. The four words are bless, fellowship, minister, and proclaim. And it's so simple to do. It's actually taken from this particular portion of Scripture. So you want to, when you see somebody, you want to impart life. That's what, bless, that's what bless means, impart life right? Fellowship is unconditionally love. This is how we get the Great Commission done. One of the ways. Minister is to meet needs. Minister means you could, if they need healing in their body, do it. Pray for them. If they need need a a prophetic word, release it. If they, you know, if they need counsel, ask the Lord for, for a gift of wisdom, of knowledge to come over you. You know, if they need groceries, go buy them some. Like meeting needs, you know, ministering is 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 a wide spectrum. And then the last one is proclaim, share Jesus with them. Can I share you? Can, can I share a story, kind of as I close? I don't know why I asked you guys two questions, but I did. So we had a, you know, and I think there we had a we had dinner Friday night with one of our church family, married couple, beautiful, young married couple, but they're not. Anyway, so they're just newly married, and we went to a restaurant, and so we were eating some great, Winnie was eating some great beef, so she loved that, and a waitress came and see, this here is good for me because it's just a framework. And so, I wanted to, I can't go back. I wanted to bless, so I'm thinking this in my mind. Bless, fellowship, minister, proclaim. And so, I could do that in three minutes, or I could do that in 30 minutes, or I could do that over two years. So, with our worship team, we have, I'm going to diverse a little bit, we have a structure on our worship team, that actually prom- promotes greater creativity. We call it a, what do you call it? The, the, the structure. It's harp and bowl, but it's it, the model. The model, you're the winner. All right. My wife is the winner. The model. So the model serves a purpose to actually create a prophetic flow and they always know where to land. So it actually gives them more freedom because they know where to land. And so this is a model because it gives me a ton of freedom, but I know where to land. So I'm big on experimenting. I like to experiment with stuff. So I'm, just let you know, I'm the kind of person who I could talk to virtually anybody at any time. Uh, and that's, I'm that kind of person. Now there's people who are more wallflower type people more quiet, more reserved, I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, that's my personality. I wasn't like that until I got saved. I got saved, drastically changed me into this thing. <laughs> so, so, I don't have any, I've, I mean, I've led a lot, a lot of people to Jesus, right? So, I'm at a restaurant on Friday night, and I was like, yeah, this, this, this waitress came, and she was, she was, a, she was just a, a great, she really carried a real bright countenance. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking bless, fellowship, minister, proclaim. That's my framework. So did I lead her to Jesus? No. But I blessed her. So I started just by asking her name, and I'm not going to jam the gospel down her throat, you know? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to love her, right? So I went from blessing her, which is just to whatever I said, anyway... Bless, blessed her. Just said, hi, how are you doing? You know, just struck a conversation. I asked weird questions. I kind of embarrassed people around my, you know, that are at my table. You know, like she said, yeah, she said like one of the entrees like is 30, 38 bucks. She, she goes, I have that as a. I have that as an appetizer. And I go, you do not have this as an appetizer. There is no way. That's how I said it to her. There's no way. I'm smiling. There is no way. She goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has an appetizer. So we just have this, we just begin to bless. We just begin to fellowship. We just begin, now I'm moving into, and I'm asking the Lord, how do I minister to her? And so I asked her, uh, in, in between giving us food, you know, whatever, I asked her, I said, you know, is there anything that we can pray with you about? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> That's what it kind of felt like, you know? I'm like, okay. That's about, you know, that's about as far as I could probably go with her. You know, she was very, very gracious. But, I don't know. but actually what she did is she, it appeared that way. I was like, can I pray with you about something? She's like, ah, nah. and then she went over here to another table. And then, because our guests told, and then she came back. And so I just lightly prophesied, lightly prophesied over her. And I just said, you know, you, you care, you know, prophecy light. I could just see it, right? <laughs> uh... So I just kind of called out some stuff that I saw on her, and I said, you know, and, and we never really got to the prayer request. Like, is there anything that you're praying about? I introduced myself as a senior pastor, because her house is, she lives in Fremont. I found out where she lived, and she, she lives in the mission area. So I said, hey, we're to House of Prayer, and I'm the senior pastor of the church, and these are our friends, and we just want just to wanna bless you, let you know you're doing a great job. And, and that was it. You guys, that is as you go disciple nations. It's as simple as that. I share the story because she didn't, like, fall on her knees in the restaurant and give her heart to Jesus, which we hear in all the revival stories, right? Power of God came, all the cooks fell down, and the waitresses are all over the place, and they were manifesting (laughs) under the Spirit. And oh my gosh, the power of God came, and oh, that's revival. You have to do that. And you have people in the, in the congregation going, oh my goodness, I can never do that. I like the story, but I can never do that. And so what happens is we actually create a divide. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm telling you, as you go, discipling nations is as simple as sitting at a restaurant and just going ahead and just walking through five minutes with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm releasing that over you so My PowerPoint goodbye. I'm releasing that over you because I want you to know this is not hard. And he has given you all authority. So you have to know this, and I'm really late. You have to know this. When, when I'm talking to her, and if you're talking to someone at work, do not be intimidated because all you're doing is loving them. Don't think you have to close the deal right i mean i love all the sales people you know but don't think you have to close the deal It's like you know you need to accept jesus Right no you need to you know <laughs> i got to close it 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 and we talked we talked about that it's like you know you're going to burn turn or burn <laughs> You know, you're going to you know, get right or get left, you know, all these slogans, you know, that, we, that we've adopted, you know, we're telling people, listen, can, you, can we just love people? Can we just smile at them? Can we just say, listen, yeah, you know what, I don't care, listen, I told you I wasn't going to talk about the kingdom But it's not whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. That's not it. It's are you a kingdom person. That's what this is all about. Oh, I'm so tired of this Republican-Democrat stuff. Can we get some people who would just rise up and be kingdom people? That's what we got to do, right? Anyway, so as you go today, disciple nations. As you go today, disciple nations. Oh, I don't, just pray then. I can't open my mouth. Just pray. Yeah. Disciplinations. It's as simple as that. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. this. I'm, I'm concluding right now. <laughs> promise. <laughs> I promise. So, I, want you to, I just want you to have this. I just want you to have this, this understanding. All of heaven is in you. Jesus is in you. The promise says the fullness of God is in you. Did you know that the Holy Spirit is creating divine setups? You know what? We make it so... We're the ones that, through our imagination, make it so hard. In other words, what I'm saying is that you're partnering with God. Like He's allowing you to partner with Him to see men and women saved. Yeah. No, no, I don't think you're understanding it. The God of the universe, the one that doesn't even have a comparison, yeah. is partnering with you because he's in you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get that? So when you go to the restaurant, know what, he, know what he did. Know what he did for you, and know what he did to the enemy. Know that the keys are there. If you're sitting at a table, to say, what key do I need to unlock this person's heart? Simple prayer. Because God is working with you. This is how we reach. And listen, the nations are in the Bay Area, you guys. You know that. We have the nations. We don't have to even go to the nations. The nations have come to us. Isn't that a cool setup? I mean, Fremont... Speaks 144 languages. Wow. That's just Fremont. So I just want to release you to as you go, disciple nations. All right, stand up. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I always drag my conclusions a little bit too long. I do. But next week is so important. I don't know what your plans are next week. Change them if you're not here. (laughs) Next week, I'm going to talk about how to baptize nations. And that is is, is such a great little revelation. It has everything to do with where we're going. So, disciple and baptize nations. That's what he's saying. And so, I just believe that God is raising up the ecclesia for such a time as this. And I'm talking about baptizing schools. I'm talking about high schools. I'm talking about junior high schools. I'm talking about businesses. I'm talking about corporations. I'm talking about Apple computer. I'm talking about Apple. I shouldn't say Apple computer. Apple, you know. I'm talking about Microsoft. I'm talking about Google. I'm talking about the high-tech industry. Listen, do not let these things intimidate you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's word up. You know, I'm using an old word, old this word up. Oh, boy. I'm not going to look at this YouTube video, that's for sure. All right, so we're going to have prayer servants here, and they're going to pray for you, but I want you to, I know I say take the hand of the person next to you, and sometimes new relationships are formed. I'm just kidding, all right? Or you can, you can put your hand on the shoulder of the person next. I don't, it doesn't matter. I just want to end with the corporate agreement because it's late. Lord, our desire is to partner with heaven. And Jesus, the, the 39 lashes on your back, the crown of thorns that was pushed down on your head, was not given so we can do church. It was given for an ecclesia to partner with heaven to bring restoration to the world. God, I pray with joy we take that commandment seriously. God, I pray for each one of us to own their part of the responsibility, and it's a joyful responsibility at that, to be what you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do and Lord, I pray, and even as, as you hold the hand of the person next to you, just, let's just pray that God would give divine setups this week. Not to throw a notch on the belt, but just use the framework of blessing and fellowshipping, ministering, and proclaiming. So Lord, would you bring people into our lives this week where we actually get to do this And we can partner with heaven. And when we do this, I believe when we do this, the Lord dispatches the angelic because they're waiting for the sons and daughters of God to arise. So we say, I just say to you, arise. Let the light of his countenance shine on you. Let the glory of the Lord rest on you. You're his sons and daughters called to more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It's the adventure of serving God. I like what John G. Lake's book was, Adventures in God, the great healing of uh, revivalist, Adventures in God. Lord, restore the adventure. Restore the adventure of loving you. Restore the adventure of serving you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen Amen Alright We hope you enjoyed this message For more messages like this Please subscribe and thank you for listening